You are listening to The Bridge Between Podcast, a weekly exploration of how a family history project transformed into a search for understanding, truth, and the points of connection between people. In dialoguing with others, we begin to understand ourselves. My name is Cisco Ramos, and this is The Bridge Between. Juan Dominguez de Mendoza, born in 1631, was a Spanish soldier who played an important role in the Pueblo Revolt of 1680. He led major expeditions from New Mexico into Texas. He was a Spanish colonist and a member of the wealthiest family in New Mexico at the time. His brother, Tome Dominguez de Mendoza, even served as the governor of New Mexico. On a more personal note, I'm interested in Juan Dominguez de Mendoza because he is my 12th great uncle. In the last episode of The Bridge Between, I took the perspective of a person who, for the first time, had no choice but to tell Montezuma II about the arrival of Hernán Cortés and his crew. I did that because so much of our collective understanding of indigenous populations is incorrect. Even the terms Indian and indigenous do not come without their baggage. In my experiences of doing fieldwork in Mexico and in conversing with colleagues and friends in the United States, I've learned that it is best to call people by what they would like to be called. While last week's story was my creation, this week's episode comes from the translated 1684 itinerary of Juan Dominguez de Mendoza. By juxtaposing last week's episode with this week's episode, I'm trying to deliberately bring contrasting views and perspectives into dialogue. Since this is a long document, I'm going to read what I believe to be are the most interesting parts. As I'm reading, it's important to remember that Juan Dominguez de Mendoza is writing for a specific audience with hopes of achieving a certain aim. The truthfulness of the document, in my mind, is questionable. I've placed the document in the show notes. The passage I'm reading from begins on page 330. Without further ado, I present this week's episode of The Bridge Between, excerpts from Juan Dominguez de Mendoza. On the 17th day of the said month and year, we set out from this place, which was given the name of San Juan de Dios. Mass was celebrated in it. It is distant from Santo Domingo about six leagues. All the district is a plain, particularly along the banks of the said Salado River. The pastures are apparently good, although we found them burned, and because of this we halted a league, apparently, from the rancheria of the people whom they call the Hediondos. Their chiefs and other people came out to receive us with much rejoicing, most of them on foot, others on horseback carrying a holy cross very well made, which apparently must be two and a half varas long, of somewhat heavy timber, painted red and yellow, and fastened with a nail which they call the taxamanil. The holy cross showed that they had made it some time before. They also brought forth a banner of white tafeta, a little less than a vara long. In the middle of the banner were two successive crosses of blue tafeta, very well made. At the time of meeting us, they fired several shots. Don Juan Sabieta firing with a fuse of arquebus barrel without a lock, and I ordered the salute returned on our part with two volleys. As soon as we met, I ordered that no soldiers should dismount, but only the Reverend Father's preachers, 
Fray Nicolás López, custodian and ordinary ecclesiastical judge, and Father Fray Juan de Sabaleta, commissary of the Holy Office. Kneeling with much devotion, they kissed the Holy Cross. I did the same, being on horseback with the, with the other comrades, and the Indians kissed the garments on their reverences. Together we arrived at the Rancheria, to the middle of which we crossed the Salado River, without any shelter. When we approached the Rancheria, all the women and children came shouting in token of the great pleasure which they felt at seeing us. All the women and children kissed the holy habit of the reverend fathers. All of the chiefs and other people wished to give us lodging and entertainment in their own rancheria in some huts of tulle, which they had made for us, but I did not consent to it because of the evil results which might follow, excusing myself with good reasons. I pitched the camp on a hill, according to the usage of war, separated from the said rancheria, which is at foot with of a great rock that serves it as protection against the hostile Apaches. It was given the name of San Ignacio de Loyola. Here I remained awaiting news of the great ambuscade which the enemy are coming to make on them in order to carry off many horses. On the 19th of the aforesaid month and year, in the place of San Ignacio, where I am detained at the request of all the Humanos and the other nations, and being occupied with providing the soldiers with supplies of arms and other implements of war. On the said day all the chiefs, with the governor Don Juan de Saviata, assembled, saying that they wished to speak to me, the said governor speaking for himself, and all the chiefs in different nations. For this purpose, I, on my part, ordered all the chiefs of squad and soldiers of rank to assemble, in order that they might be present. This being done, I commanded Governor Don Juan Sabiata and all their chiefs to say what it was they wished, and all, in one voice, asked that for the love of God I should make war on the hostile Apaches, who are enemies of theirs and of the Spaniards. Because this was true, and because the said governor and the chiefs protested that it was not wise to leave them behind, on account of the many dangers which might follow, and seeing that they petitioned forcibly, I granted that war should be made upon them with which the governor and other chiefs were pleased. As you can see from the reading so far, there is a very particular way in which religion, figures, and populations are presented. It's not just about the regional authorities back in New Mexico. It's also about the central, both secular and religious authorities in Mexico City. Did you notice how de Mendoza claimed that since he was, quote, petitioned forcibly, he had little choice but to pursue military action. As a leader, this makes him appear in a certain light, a favorable light, and that his actions are at the request of and not in coercion of. These contrasting perspectives between last week's and this week's episode show how there were fundamentally different understandings at play. We really don't have a prominent non-Spanish voice to draw from. The voices we do have are tailored, partial, and only meant to be seen in a particular light or particular context. This is an incredibly hard and frustrating part about doing this kind of work, because it feels like I'm running into a void where something or someone should exist, but they don't. They were here, and we can't hear them. I don't know what to do about it, but to try to reimagine a different perspective, 
or possibility. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Bridge Between. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like to reach out, you can email me at thebridgebetween at gmail.com. That's thebridgebtwn at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at thebridgebetween. That's thebridgebtwn. Thank you for listening.